This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hello, and welcome to the Olive Magazine podcast, your weekly digest of all things foodie from Olive Magazine HQ. My name is Laura Rowe. I'm the editor of the magazine. And this week, I have lots of exciting things to talk to you about. First up, I'm speaking to Sarah and Gregor about why you shouldn't settle for less when it comes to soft drinks this summer. Whether you're a designated driver or you just don't drink alcohol, we have plenty of options for you to try. Plus, you get to find out what a cola nut is, and that in itself is reason to keep listening. Janine and Gregor are back battling it out for their favourite recipes. This week, we are talking about barbecue recipes. They are going back through their cookery book archive and sharing some of their favourite recipes to use upon the coals this summer. And finally, I don't care what you say, vegetables are the hero of the summer. Whether you are addicted to cauliflower rice, can't get enough of courgette, or you just love a good jacket potato like a certain someone in the team, then you will love this segment. We have loads of great ideas when Anna and Charlotte come head to head in their debate on what is the best vegetable of all time. So happy listening and don't forget to follow us on social media on Facebook, Pinterest, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram. We're there at Olive Magazine and make sure you have your say. First up, your guide to soft drinks for the summer. Okay, so today we're talking about soft drinks and how we are not satisfied with drinking Coca-Cola. Other brands are available, um, all sort of elderflower presse or lemonade, but yeah. we sort of want a bit more choice when we go out to drink. And I've got Sarah, our drinks writer, and Gregor, our production editor, chief sub and writer and resident soft drinks expert <laughs> in with us today to talk about what things we've noticed out and about and some great alternatives to those classics. So, uh, Sarah, tell us where we should be starting. So, yeah, basically, we kind of got talking because you are you feel very limited if you're not mm. drinking um, of what you can have, it's like you say, it's a normal kind of Coke or elderflower cordial, lime and soda. Yeah. And it gets really boring yeah. after a while. Um, but there are some actually some really good alternatives now on the market, um, whether that's just kind of soft drinks like Karma Cola or Fentimins or um, Fever Tree. They're all kind of expanding. Kind of upping their game, aren't they? There's premium Definitely. soft drink brands available now, not just your squash. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot more. And I know Greg is a massive fan of quite a few yeah g- ginger beer I've, I've always been into it i went through a phase of making my own ginger beer for a while with ginger beer plant <clears throat> but then it, ginger, beer plant? ginger beer plant so it's like an, an amalgam of yeast and a, and a sort of enzyme but you see, uh, not an enzyme but it but um a thing okay you call it a thing. yeah <laughs> but, but you but you put it basically in in your uh, along with chopped ginger root and sugar okay. and water in a jar, and it starts to ferment away, and, right. uh, and eventually you've got ginger beer. Um, so but it's not uh, actually a plant. No, it's called plant ginger okay. beer plant, and it's um, but it's it's like they're little granules. They they go like okay. gelatinous when you've soaked them. Does it look like you know when you make kombucha and you get the kind of the mother kind like of a starter, starter like yeah? Well, no, because it's it tends to sit at the bottom, and then oh, you, okay. you reuse it, and every time you use it, it grows 
grows and grows. So it's like a sourdough starter. And so you give it away. It's, well, yeah. a little bit like that, but you give it away to people. But it's more of like a, a fungus that grows in its own right. Okay. And so you give it, you can give it away to people and it just multiplies and multiplies. And there was a huge, there was a time when apparently, before I was born, <laughs> when, uh, when, when people were always trying to push their ginger, spare ginger beer plant on <laughs> But eventually one of my bottles exploded all over the kitchen oh and left fine, fine grains of glass all over the kitchen floor, which yes. were stu- stuck to it with the sugar. So course, don't try well. this at home, kids, is what Well, I'm I, I, I do try it at home, not kids. Okay, not try, kids, not no. Kids, but other people, yes. do try this at home. It's really, really good. However, there are such excellent um, versions of it out there. Luscombe's my favourite, the hot, mm. the hot one. They're Devon-based, yeah. aren't they? I think they are. They do right. a really nice lemonade and a raspberry. Yeah, they do some great ones, yes. actually. Yeah. It's like a passion fruit one, I think. Yes, they do. Yeah. Yes. Very good brand. Yep. Delicious. And and uh, I know Fentimans are great, but they, but they're the one that I favour of theirs is their uh, rose lemonade. That's absolutely lovely. And it's um, But then I do like sort of florally things. Not that yeah, I... See, I rose yeah. is one of the flavours I just can't get on board with. Oh, I love a bit of rose. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah, that's, it's not, that's it's not for me. <laughs> but also, there was a, another place I went. I got a nice little cocktail, non-alcoholic cocktail. I mean, it's called a cocktail. It was just three things. But it was it was um, elderflower cordial with freshly squeezed lime juice and topped up with ginger beer. Ooh, nice. And they had a three-letter acronym for it, but it wasn't the letters of those three <laughs> things. And it, but it was but it was absolutely brilliant, yeah. and I drank that a lot. Then Chinotto is my other favourite one. Now I've never heard of this, so please explain. Well, you get you get San San Pellegrino. You get it in cans from San Pellegrino, okay. the same as the lemonade and the, and the grapefruit one. Mm. But uh, you don't get it so often. But it's quite popular in Italy, and okay. other brands make it as well. Okay. So sometimes you'll get it in a really authentic pizza place, for instance, or Italian restaurant, um, and it's really good, quite medicinal tasting, and it's sort okay. of dark brown. Um, it was a bit of an acquired taste. Is it but kind of like root beer? It's a bit like that, but not as sickly sweet. Okay. And what's it made from? It's like the it's the leaf, I think, of an of a citrus tree. Okay. Um, but uh, it, it's it's got a really quite unusual flavour, but it's really really nice. The thing is, you, with a lot of these soft drinks, you don't want to be drinking them throughout yeah, the meal because nice. it's really really sticky. So yeah. although although one or two of them is quite nice, I usually end up if I'm going out to eat drinking sparkling water most of the mm. time. Now, Sarah, you've got some good um, alternatives as well. Yeah. Uh, and, and for those that actually really like the taste of alcohol for example but might, yeah. might not be drinking um, so we've got, got a great one here which is called Seedlip and this is the second one they've done the first one um, was kind of end of last year and that was called Spice this one's called Garden 108 um, the first one was so popular it completely sold out wow so this is a distilled non-alcoholic yeah. drink yeah so it's got all the same kind of botanicals and stuff that you'd find in gin for instance okay and it's distilled but by some magic, it's non-alcoholic. Okay. <laughs> and I can't quite get my head around the process, and there's not much information about it. It's like a little hidden S- hidden secret. secret. But yeah, so this is the okay. latest one. So we've got a little taster here, um, and just smelling it, it's really fragrant. Yeah, I mean, even just from opening the bottle, I mean, I've spilled it all over my jeans, so I can smell gonna, great. Yeah, I'm going to smell it all day. Yeah. But even from just opening the bottle, you get a real kind of... Garden smell. Yeah. It's very herbal. Very. Yeah. It's kind of, it tastes better, but kind of that version of when you infuse your own water. So yeah. when you put like cucumber and mint in, for example, but it's kind of another level to that, yeah. isn't it? So it's not as like viscous as, no. as alcohol, um, but it's got loads of flavours. So how would so you serve that? You can drink that neat. So you can, you can drink it neat. You can kind of treat it almost as gin. Yeah. So with tonic, okay. the nice like cucumber ribbon would be really nice. You can do, they've got a recipe for a martini on their website that uses... Um, 
olive, so it's just sea lip, olive brine, and then a bit of vergie. Okay. Um, so we've got information okay. on vergie in our latest yeah. issue as well and online if, if anybody wants to find out more about yeah. vergie. as well as where to get it. So yeah. if you've never heard of it, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, all kinds of cocktails, or just as, like we say, as a kind of gin and tonic, it's a mixer for other things. It's quite versatile. Yeah, so how much is a bottle of that? It's a really beautiful bottle as well. It's a lovely gift for somebody that doesn't drink, I think. Yeah, it um, looks like a like a spirit Yeah, brand. it does. It's a beautiful glass bottle, lovely branding on the front, um, really beautiful logo with a rabbit, a herby rabbit. Yeah, um, it's on got a really nice hair. copper lid as well, yeah. so it's really good. Um, I think it's around the £25, £30 okay. mark. Um, you can get it through their website and a couple of other um, retailers are now stocking it. It's also in quite a lot of bars now and okay. quite a lot of restaurants. So I know Tom Carriage stocks it in all of his restaurants. Um, Dandelion have got it behind the bar and they actually do a really good range of non-alcoholic cocktails as well. They kind of put as much effort into their non-alcoholic cocktails as they do Great. their normal menu. And they've just won best menu cocktail menu in the world at Tales of the Cocktail. There's so, no stopping Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> good. Okay, well, that's a really, really good alternative. I like that one a yeah. lot. And we've got another couple. We've got another couple. Well. So the other one I've got is Thomas & Evans, which is a brand new product. Okay. Um, it's kind of made in a similar way. It's made by the guys at Britvic, I think. Um, so it's sparkling. Okay. It's got 20 kind of herbs and botanicals and stuff in it as well. So what's this one called? It's called Thomas & Evans. Okay, ooh. So just giving that a whiff. Yeah. And... It definitely smells sweeter on the nose. Yeah, it smells kind of more, um, I want to say like vanilla soda, that kind of. A little more earthy. Almost. Yeah, mm. yeah. A bit gingery. Um, Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Very refreshing. Oh, that's nice. I it like is nice, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, very refreshing. It's, um, it's a bit sweeter. Yeah. So that's more, so that's a pre-mixed thing that you drink as is kind of thing. Yeah. Um, like I say, it's a brand new product, so it's not in many places at the moment, but it's yeah. going to be kind of pushing out um, over the next couple of months. Nice. It's just a bit more grown up, isn't it? It's than... like apple peely, and it's got a bit. Yes. Yeah. It's, got, it's got a bit more grip yeah. to it than the other one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. very good. Okay. That's. I think that's because it's because of the bubbles. Yeah. Whereas if you put sea lip in it with tonic, you yeah. get that same yeah. kind of mouthfeel. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then the other one we've got is Karma Cola, which is a cola drink, but it's made in a lot in a more traditional way, so it uses the actual cola nut. Now, I didn't know that there was such a thing as a cola nut. Please explain. Yeah, so it grows in Africa, or it originates from Africa, and it is basically, it's a nut, which is, it's naturally um, full of caffeine. Mm-hmm. So that's how, when Coke was made back in the day, it used the cola nut to so, get its caffeine. Yeah, to clarify, not necessarily many other Coca-Cola yeah, not Coca-Cola. Coke <laughs> makers would use the cola now, but they'd use that same sort of flavour profile. Yeah, in so drinks. yeah, exactly. So they use similar flavour profile, and they get their caffeine from elsewhere. Okay. Um, but Karma Cola actually uses the the cola nut. Mm. I'm not even sure that even co- mainstream colas no. now use co- cola nuts or have no. done for a long time. Because of course it was originally co- cocaine and yeah. cola nuts. Okay, yeah. I did not know that either. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why it was Coca Cola. Cola. Cola, yeah. I am learning so much today. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank goodness it's not that anymore. Otherwise, yeah. it'd be uh, much more interesting when I have my daily diet Coke mix. <laughs> but um, but yeah. yeah, so this tastes to me. It tastes like you know those Cola um, cube sweets. It does. It does. Yeah, it tastes exactly like that. It's kind of more. I don't yeah. Know. Not exactly. It's sweeter. R- yeah. Rounded in flavour. It's yeah. got that sort of rounded flavour. It's yeah. creamier. Yeah. It yeah. Is. yeah. yeah. 
all very good choices now. Sarah, yeah. you're going to give us lots of details about these online. I am, of course. So that yes. will be on olivemagazine.com. Yeah. And I, just to go back to some of the, the different types of drinks that I've seen out and about eating in yeah. the last couple of months. So there's um, some really good uh, alternatives. So when you're out at a restaurant, don't feel like you have to go for, you know, your soda or your uh, Coke or yeah. your lemonade. For example, at Portland Restaurant, um, which is a lovely, very underrated, but brilliant Michelin-starred restaurant um, just off of Oxford Circus in London, they have a daily specials board where they do soft drinks. For example, this week they've got apple and sorrel juice. They've got a watermelon iced tea with sage. They've got sparkling grapefruit and mint. And um, a, another popular drink that I'm seeing a lot on menus at the moment is uh, turmeric tonics. That's yeah. a very trendy drink. That's on. Very trendy. Uh, Tali Joe uh, is a new Indian small plates um, and cocktail bar uh, just off of London's theatre land area. Yeah. And they do a really good um, soft drink menu as well. Yeah. So a lot. Yes, yeah, so a lot more people are kind of taking note and yeah. putting a bit more effort into it now. I always think the other thing to remember is. If you go to a restaurant they don't have a soft drinks menu, if they do cocktails, yeah. chances are a lot of them will be making their own syrups and stuff. So speak to the bartender, speak to the waiters, get them to suggest something, get them to knock something up. Exactly. Just as you say, I'd like a gin cocktail, just say I'd yeah. like an interesting exactly. soft drink cocktail. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Okay, cool. That is super interesting. I've learned loads. And <laughs> um, yes, thank you very much. Okay, thanks. Thank, thank you. you. And next we have Janine, our food writer, and Gregor is back to talk about their favourite barbecue recipes. So Gregor, um, it's it's hot again outside, the sun is back in the sky and the barbecues are out in the gardens. So we thought we'd get together and talk about our favourite barbecue recipes. Um, I've gone for a, I've gone for the meat angle. What have you gone for? I've gone for the fish angle, an angle alike. <laughs> yeah, I, I I like to cook fish on the barbecue a lot. I mean, I like to cook fish full stop. Yeah. But my favorite <clears throat> my favorite things to cook on the barbecue are well, I really like to cook toast on the barbecue because um, it it just the lovely smoky flavor it gets. But also when you've been cooking something else, it sort of picks up the, the mm. flavours of it as well. I often put fish on the barbecue, you know, with a few cuts in it. And you like stuff it with uh, stuff it with nice, you know, um, lemon, sometimes like orange, aromatic herbs. Things, yeah. yeah, exactly. And just oil it up <clears throat> and stick it on the barbecue. Mm. Um, and then if you cook some some toast as well on it afterwards, it picks up that nice, I don't know, it's that nice maybe a bit of a flavor. nice fishy flavour. It's maybe a bit of a niche taste, but nonetheless. No, I like the I idea like it, of yeah. it. You've got to use a decent bread though, don't you? You do. I like a really nice sourdough works well. Yeah, it has to be, have enough heft to it to not fall through. Exactly, the, or not just grate. to burn. Um, and, you know, it has to be quite dense. And then if you have it with a nice salad... It's uh, it just makes me feel like I'm in Greece, basically. A yeah. sort of grilled fish and a, and a huge green salad, especially if it's nice and herby as well. Lovely. Um, what I thought would be nice would be to do a shellfish one, and I found oh. an re- excellent recipe for crab nice. in uh, the Natural Cook by Tom Hunt. Oh yeah, that's a cu- very good. A couple cook. of years yeah. ago. And uh, what you do with that is, it sounds like it might be quite complicated, okay. maybe even a little bit. Dangerous or risky. <laughs> well, not dangerous unless it was live, but um, but risky in case you weren't able to cook it properly. But okay. it's actually not at all. It's very, very simple because you just don't put it on the grill. You put it directly on the coals. What, when, you put the, the whole bike, crab on the, the coals? The whole crab. You put, you put him upside down on the, on the crab or she, upside down on the coals. And uh, it, it cooks really quickly. And it was, it's, so basically it's about... 
10 minutes on each side. Wow. Turn it over, unless it's a huge crab. I did actually cook a, like, one and a half kilo crab. It was a bit of a monster. Yeah. Um, and it, so it, I did 12 minutes on one side and 10 on the other. Does he say what the, what the coals have to look like? I mean, do you wait for them to die down or they... Well, yeah, you, it's, it's the same. It's, oh, when it's, it's classic, it's, it's sort of classic. same barbecue cooking. So you cooking. wait until yeah, it's, they're, sort of they're white. white. Yeah. So it's not, they're not, you're not going to set it on fire. Yeah. But it, but it, it sort of cooks through the shell. Wow. Right? So it's um, when you when you take it out, of course, the, sh- the shell is uh, is really Quite thin brittle, and yeah. brittle. So you can get get the flesh out wow. really really easily. Yeah. Then you have to pick out all the little bits. But of course, it goes perfectly on toast, yeah. which, you, which <laughs> then, you know you can put on top with a nice bit of chili, um, some chopped spring onions, bit of lime juice or coriander or mint squeezed over the top. It's brilliant. It's a it's a really nice simple idea. I guess what people will be would be worried about is starting with the the raw crab because mm. obviously um, you would normally buy it live and then dispatch it yourself. But I guess you can get uh, the fishmonger to do that for you as well. Yes. And yeah. I mean, it was it was. I think he was already dead by the time I got him. The the, the fishmonger I think uh, had done for it. Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, so. <laughs> um, well, that that is a lovely one. I mean, mine is mine's more classic. Um, I've gone for a recipe by John Turold. He used to write a lot of really lovely recipes for us, um, a lot of them still on the website. Um, and this is a method of barbecue cooking that, that I learned from him. Um, and it's from his book, My Kind of Cooking. Um, what John does is he cooks the meat twice. So first of all, he takes ribs. Uh, this recipe is for ribs and wings, but you could do either. Um and he poaches them gently in a stock and added to that stock are all these amazing sort of Asian aromatics, oyster sauce, soy sauce, brown sugar, Chinese rice wine, garlic, star anise, ginger. I mean, it's really got a lot of welly in it. Um, And he poaches them for about an hour and then lets them sit in the liquid. And after that initial time, he pours off the cooking liquid and then reduces that and that becomes the glaze. So then the second part of the recipe is you take your ribs out of the liquid, pat them dry, brush them all over with the glaze, and then finish them off on the barbecue. Um, and I love this recipe for, for various reasons. Um, one is you can make it ahead. So the first yeah. bit you can have done before anyone gets there. So there's no struggling, yeah. no kind of like faffing around. You're just going to finish them off for 10, 15 minutes. Everyone blind drunk before you're finished. Yeah. <laughs> I have been at barbecues like that, and you know it's and actually regularly. Um, I think the, I think the thing is probably get your toast on when yeah, everyone yeah, arrives. Exactly, you know, exactly. get them a nice little toasty starter with something spread on top. Exactly. So I could I could I could be dishing out the crab while you were while you were reducing while I was the finishing marinade. my ribs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the other thing is this method works with lots of different um, meats as well. I, I, um, I've actually used it for sausages, not not with the Asian aromatics, but just the idea that you like part poach something. Mm-hmm. And what it means is you can finish it off on the barbecue. Um, you get that lovely kind of woody, charred barbecue uh, flavour, but you don't get the incinerated sausages mm-hmm. with the sort of, you know, raw meat inside. Yeah. Well, I really like the sound of this. And um, the reason is mm-hmm. that... that well, 
a lot of barbecued meat, I mean, no matter how sophisticated the recipe is, it kind of depends on practice and your ability. Yeah. And let's face it, still got cook. In, in the UK, we don't get an no. awful lot of practice. So quite often, you know, it's really flavourless because you burn off all the marinade yeah. no matter how much you put exactly. on. But the trick with yours is, of course, that the flavour's inundated into whatever you're Yeah, cooking. into the meat. Re- yeah. I mean, yeah, you... Because you poached it in the flavours, it's there kind of in the meat and then it's the glaze on the top. You know, you will get a bit of char, but you won't get that burnt all the way throughness that I think what you said is true that, you know, unfortunately people see a barbecue and they've never cooked for the other 364 days of the year. They just just think meat, fire, here I go. And then you just get a pile of charred charred bones and and meat, you know. And and I think, um, you know, maybe we've become a little bit too used to that and and as you've said it's it's nice to push it in different directions absolutely it's well it's i mean it's it's uh, it's really not something that you want to join in with necessarily as as a as a fella um, <laughs> is the sort of put standing about in the shorts with a can of lager in the hand sort That's of what it's all about, it a it's just tedious beyond belief. my my tip is to do yeah. what you've done or what i've done is just to make one massive big batch yeah. of, of something that you've yeah. done really well serve it with some salad, get some nice ice-cold drinks, maybe a few cocktails going on, mm-hmm. big bowl of coleslaw, some carefully um, barbecued toast. Yes, your- <laughs> absolutely, barbecued toast. Love the toast. And, yes. then, um, and then you're not running around like a headless chicken yeah. or crab trying yeah. to, um, you know, and, yeah, finish and it's seven just, different meats. And you, of course, really what it, what it is, we all, we all know what, what it is, that men like about barbecues, but the, but what, uh, throwing a googly into it, so okay. to speak, <laughs> you, you could if you just if you just cook it, someone no one expects job done. Yeah, that's well, that's true. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then and so another excellent one, this one from Fergus Henderson. Oh, okay. Is uh, and from the the complete Saint John book. Okay. Is uh, grilled mussels. Oh, that's nice. And all you've got to do with them is put them on the barbecue. That's it. Yeah. You just, tip <laughs> you just you get some bu- mussels, yeah, and you put them on the grill, okay, and that's it. And they they, they cook, they open, ah. bit of salt, that's it. So no dressing, no butter. You don't have no... to do a thing. Just eat them, eat them out oh, of the that shells. Sounds really yeah, nice. Yeah, I feel fantastic. like I'd want some. I don't know, a big squeeze of lemon or something. Yeah, might, maybe a might, bit of Tabasco. Might pick it up. <laughs> well, you could you, you, you could do that, but that's not being purist enough about yeah, it, true. as far as I'm concerned. But a, okay. I, I don't know, a nice bit of lemon. You couldn't go wrong with well, that, could you? And then, you know what else you could have? What's that? A piece of toast. You could have a piece of toast <laughs> with the mussels as well. I can see a theme coming through <laughs> yeah. here. Okay, well, I think that is some brilliant ideas for barbecues. And um, we also have a ton of barbecue recipes on olivemagazine.com. So if anyone wants any more ideas, head over to the website for them. And thank you very much. Thank you. And next, we have a cracking debate by cookery writer Anna and web editor Charlotte on what is the ultimate vegetable to have in your fridge. Mine are ridiculously middle class and I make no apology for it. I'm a big fan of Cavallo Nero and Jerusalem artichoke. That's mine. Now let's find out what ranks high for Anna and Charlotte. So this is Charlotte and Anna, our cookery writer, and we're going to talk about what our favourite vegetable is. I'm sure I did a project on this at primary school. (laughs) But may I start? Yes, please do. My favourite vegetable, uh, one of the contenders is potatoes, because without potatoes we just wouldn't have chips. And that's basically the end of the I like your thinking. Because they're just so marvellous. What about jacket potatoes? Jacket potatoes. Oh, my God. (laughs) On a winter's eve, 
Yes, and also just just steamed new potatoes. When I was judging for the Great Taste Awards in Belfast, we went to somebody's beautiful house and somebody cooked us a beautiful meal. And part of that was this huge bowl of potatoes that had been picked that morning. Wow. And um, you were supposed to pick various bits and various bowls, but my plate was just potatoes. I just ignored the meat. This wasn't space for that because it just tasted like cream. It was insane. Oh, the texture is just so delicious. And then, of course, there's mashed potato and dauphinoir, <laughs> and it's just also comfy and huggable, but you don't even like mashed potato. No, which... I think it's on my... It's not there. It's not on the top list of what I'd like to eat. And that, that's why we're not friends. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't order it if it was on a menu. I don't think. Why? But that's because every mouthful is the same. Interesting. Yeah, and yeah, it's a texture thing as well. It's a bit right. Heavy food for me. Oh, it's a bit too I, smushy. Yeah, a little bit. But I do. I still really like potatoes because they are a, such a seasonal thing, and you can have them with everything. Um, I think. I've really got into jacket potatoes. <laughs> you do it with sweet potatoes as well, don't you? Yeah. And what do you put in as, a, as a filling in a baked sweet potato? Because I never quite know because you can't really put tuna mayonnaise in a sweet potato. <laughs> so I love um, pan frying some chorizo and putting that in nice. with some sour cream <gasps> and a bit of smoky paprika. Oh, okay, that's a really good idea. Yeah, but- or... Um, actually, the same sort of style as tuna, but you do smoked mackerel with sort of a creme fraiche and dill. That's really nice as well. We definitely have a recipe for that on olivemagazine.com, yes, do. don't we? Yes. In fact, I think I've eaten that. It's <laughs> nice, yes. And aside from potatoes, if I had to pick one other thing, it would probably be broccoli, as in original broccoli. Straight up. Straight up broccoli, as in the stuff we've been eating since we were one. Yeah. Trees. Uh, trees. That's the reason why I love it. It's not really. But the reason I love it is because it just, the little florets soak up so much flavour. If you put them in a curry, the sauce gets into every little tiny hole in the... They're a carrier. Yeah, in the, in the florette. Mm. And it's just, it, it really, when you bite into it, it's so juicy with that sauce. And I just, I just think it's delicious. I would eat it. I don't even mind if it's overcooked. I don't mind if it's soggy. I just eat it all. That is true love right there. Yeah, I know. It's madness. But I just, you know, I would eat it every day if it weren't for the unfortunate effects. <laughs> what about you? What's your favourite vegetable? So I have to say, I think aubergine might be my favourite for its versatility, but also from being a recipe tester for Olive, there are so many ways with aubergine that I wouldn't have thought of doing yeah. so um we've been roasting it grilling it frying it bat deep frying it you know oh. there are just so many different ways and I love it, it with like miso glaze oh god um, I remember when you made those everybody went insane they're they just so delicious I think I ate 12 <laughs> I felt really ill they're really baby ones <laughs> oh that's all right then um, yeah, so there, there's so many different ways you can you can even make a dip out of it. Or um, the one that I'm really into at the moment is aubergine slices that you soak in butter, so they're really oh. soft and squidgy. And then you fry them with a polenta crust, and they've got lime salt and a thyme honey on it. So it's just 
you, they, they are gone as soon as you're frying. <laughs> they, do not, they do not make it to the table. Oh, I don't remember you testing those. It must have been away for that day. What a shame. It does sound delicious, though. Would you have that on the side of something? Yeah, it'd be really nice with some, uh, like, a bulgur wheat salad. Or I did it with, like, slow-cut lamb and walnuts and that sort of thing. Oh, so no. it was just like a side. But, yeah, they're really indulgent, but so worth it. They, the, the aubergine has a way of tasting indulgent, but actually it's just an aubergine. Yeah. Even if you just roast it for an hour, the the middles are so creamy in the end, mm. it feels like there must be cream in there. But, but in the, the same as uh, broccoli as well, they, it does soak up so much flavour that you can put it in a like a Thai curry and it just is so versatile that mm. it would taste so meaty and juicy. Um, yeah, I've always got an aubergine in my fridge. <laughs> Quote of the day. Yes. I don't think there is a single vegetable that I dislike. I can't think of a single one. Is there one that you don't like? Um, good question. I don't think there is. No, not really. We have I'll had definitely this try. Before. Do you know what? I'm not a huge fan of Jerusalem artichokes. Interesting. Because, yeah, because they are very earthy yeah. and um, a bit muddy to me. Right. But then... Yeah, and they also have quite crazy side effects. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we all know that. Yeah. Okay. So I don't. Yeah, I think if they were done in like a really beautiful risotto, then I'd then I'd like it. But yeah, we uh, I grew up with vegetarian parents, and they always served everything to us. There was always a vegetarian or a meat option, which was a very good position to be in. And I always found myself choosing the vegetarian option because I just loved every single vegetable from a young age. Yes. And my, my sister and brother would always choose the meat, so I would have the vegetables and they'd go with the meat. and still like that. I just think they're wonderful. We've said before, haven't we, that they're as versatile as meat is. Yeah. And there are so many different ways that you wouldn't think. Because if you were given a chicken breast, you know, people think, well, I'd stir fry it, roast it. But you can do exactly the same with carrots. You don't just have to cut your carrots in the same yeah. the same way and cook them, steam them the same way that you would. You know, you can roast them with pomegranate molasses or even Ooh. mash them. Classic. Nice. Yeah. And also when you go to restaurants, especially vegetarian restaurants, I find the food more innovative because if you take away the meat and the fish you have to be more creative yeah to invent a delicious plate of food with different textures and different tastes yes and to make sure mm. like you say there's all different textures on the same plate it just means you have to think harder I don't know maybe maybe not but I've always found at vegetarian restaurants the kind of stuff you get is I really like vanilla black have you been there no That's I have brilliant. a cookbook though do you yeah mm. that stuff is in Chancery Lane and they've been doing it for a while now and it's just bizarre stuff that you wouldn't think of but is very clever mm. anyway vegetable love <laughs> <laughs> so for loads of aubergine potato yes. and broccoli recipes head to olivemagazine.com yes thanks so there you have it plenty of inspiration for eating and drinking this summer thanks to our wonderful team for more information on any of the things we've been talking about head over to olivemagazine.com or remember of course you can buy our brilliant beautiful magazine in all good supermarkets and news agents and you can download us via our app on itunes thank you for listening Remember to subscribe via iTunes, Acast or your favourite podcast provider. And please, please, please would you rate us to make sure as many lovely people like you can listen to us as possible. And remember, if you want to get in touch with us to talk about any of the things we've been talking about today, or if you've got any suggestions for things we could talk about in future podcasts, remember you can tweet us, Instagram us, Facebook, email, phone, snail mail. Get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. So happy eating, happy barbecuing and happy drinking. 
and we'll see you next week <laughs>